Well, in 2020, UNICEF ranked New Zealand last of 38 developed countries in child mental well-being. And when you look at the data, it's pretty depressing reading. And we've just released a report on it. So in our new report written for Family First, it's entitled Child and Youth Mental Health, Why New Zealand's Young Lead the Developed World in Poor Mental Health, researcher Lindsay Mitchell explores the UNICEF claim that our mental health is so poor for young people. Now, Lindsay Mitchell, she's been researching and commenting on welfare since 2001, and many of her articles have been published in mainstream media, and she's appeared on radio, television, and before select committees discussing issues related to welfare. And it's because of the credibility and thoroughness of her research, right down to the finest detail, that we've asked her to write a number of reports for us over the past six years. Uh, and they include child abuse and family structure and the risks for child, children uh, when there is family breakdown, the increased risk, imprisonment and family structure, and uh, the increased likelihood of going to prison based on family breakdown, child poverty, and family structure, how does family structure affect that? Uh, also one on fertility rate, because New Zealand has a declining fertility rate be below replacement, and that should concern us all. The challenges for step families and some of the research around that, and New Zealand's teenage birth rate, and the fact that it's decreasing, and why is that, and is that a good sign, which it tends to be. But a lot of the reports are around the statistics of family structure, which the government doesn't seem too keen on reporting, and sometimes we have to go overseas to find some of that latest research. But in this latest report on mental health in young people, she says that what she found was New Zealand has the worst youth suicide, self-harm and bullying statistics, that mental disorders have risen significantly, as has consumption of antidepressants and antipsychotics. And these increases are above what is occurring in the, in the general New Zealand population. Now, the report gathers data from the New Zealand Health Survey, Mental Health and Addiction Services Monitoring Reports from Pharmac, DHBs, various longitudinal studies, Oranga Tamariki, Ministry of Social Development and Youth 2000 Survey. And she says this, on the available evidence, New Zealand undoubtedly faces a mental health crisis among the young. But this may be just part of the picture. For instance, the Growing Up in New Zealand longitudinal study has lost touch with hundreds of children who are the most likely to be suffering poor mental health due to exposure to accumulating adverse experiences associated with transience, multiple parental relationship transitions, young, deprived and poorly educated mothers who disproportionately experience hardship and depression. So the, the problem may actually be understated. And she notes that according to Oranga Tamariki, the alcohol and drug issue is prolific and increasing. And that various data suggests thousands of babies are exposed to alcohol and other substances in utero. Now, speak to many primary school teachers and they will concur with this observation. And Lindsay refers to a more pervasive depression and anxiety problem exacerbated less by mayhem and material deprivation, which tends to get the blame, and more by recent developments, and I've highlighted a few here, such as social media-driven poor self-image, heightened sensitivity to parental and or peer pressure, fear of failure, climate change anxiety, and confusion over sexual and gender identity. 
They may also be dealing with separated parents, in other words, family breakdown, torn loyalties, school and home life upheaval, and adapting to step-siblings. So the report says, oh, and the other thing to note is that, you know, some people said to me, well, Bob, you know, what about the lockdowns and COVID and the vaccines and all the stress of that not going to school? Well, that is true, but remember that official data tends to lag by a year or two. And so most of the data on this and on what UNICEF based their statement on was pre-COVID. Uh, COVID and the lockdowns and the effect on schooling and socialization will possibly have just added to that. Now, uh, new questions are arising regarding the effectiveness of medication and the lack of alternative therapies. Uh, and in fact, Lindsay highlights that there are suggestions that there's an over-reliance on medication and it's reducing the capacity for self-help. But it's Lindsay's final statement that hits home, figuratively and literally. And she says, it is parents who hold the key, not governments. Enduring change begins at an individual level. If children were genuinely placed at the centre of the family, given time, given unconditional love, given space to explore but surety to return to, there may still be no guarantees, but the odds of that child growing in a secure and stable individual as a sorry, but the odds of that child growing into a secure and stable individual will massively increase. But to do that, we need strong and stable families with strong and stable marriages and investment, especially in young and starting out families. Now, we'd encourage you to read the report. It's available for free download on our website, familyfirst.nz. And check out the research uh, and join this important conversation for the sake of our kids. Mm -hmm.